Hello, Master. It's been a while. We are off on an adventure! This is good. When it gets strange like this, it's a good thing. For what it's worth, I've got a good feeling about this. Trust me, Hera. I'm excited. This is my excited face. Get ready to be impressed! You ready to be impressed, Tam? I'm completely ready. Hey everyone, you're listening to Geeky Bubble, part of the Star Wars Escape Pods Network. I'm your host, Jonah Marie, and with me is the mastery Mace Windu to my Jar Jar Binks, my mom, Maria. Yeah, I want to be Jar Jar, though. You want to be Jar Jar? Yeah! I thought you were going to be Mace because you're both serious. But that's why I want to be Jar Jar. <laughs> okay, fine. You'll be Jar Jar. I'll be mastery no, that's Mace right. Windu. That's okay. I'll I, I take the purple lightsaber. lightsaber. Okay, good. <laughs> So, discussion question for the week is, what is your favorite duo? Why you never tell me these questions? Because it's fun when I give them to you right as we're starting the episode. God, now I have to think. <laughs> it's okay. That's what editing, that's the magic of editing. Yeah, people, <laughs> if it wasn't for editing, you will be sitting there for a while yeah. while I think about these answers. <laughs> So, favorite duo, either in TV shows, movies, anything that would have a famous duo. Okay, I got to see a lot of black and white growing up. One of my favorite things to watch always was two shows, Little Rascals and Abbott and Costello. Love those two. So, I would have to say Abbott and Costello, of course. And then from Little Rascals, Alfalfa and Spanky. The comedy, the, that's basically what developed my sense of like in everything I watch. Well, uh, I can't think of any duos past Star Wars. So I'm going to stick with Janice Casimir and General Cleave, if I remember his name correctly. That's a duo that I want to see more of in Star Wars. Why isn't it happening? I don't know. But uh, another duo, I love uh, Callus and uh, Zeb. Oh, yes. As well as Chopper and AP5. You see, I went out of Star Wars. Yeah. I went outside. <laughs> well, I mean, anyone can... I, I was thinking more outside, too, but then I couldn't come up with anything that was outside of Star Wars, so I, I stuck with Star Wars. <laughs> But yeah, I love I love those duos. They're such funny, caring. I like funny. I, and that's the thing. I like smart funny. It makes you think. Right after you laugh and you're done laughing, you think about it. <laughs> mm-hmm. Another duo outside of Star Wars, though, I like uh, Chris Tucker and Jackie, Jackie Chan, Chan in Rush Hour. <laughs> the, those, those two in Rush Hour were the best. Oh my yeah, God. That's, I always think about them when I think about quotes to say randomly so yeah they're amazing but if you have a duo that you like whether they're outside or in star wars please share with us on social media and so this episode we looked back at the disappeared parts one and two which featured the duo set up between jar jar and mastery Mastery (laughs) i love that he called them mastery yeah (laughs) like what an odd couple. Yes. And, and you know, that's another the couple. couple. They yeah, are the couple. couple. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> what an odd couple. And uh, you will think that nothing good will come out of that, right? Right, right. <laughs> it's just 
it was just so funny to put such a serious, focused individual with someone who is a bumbling <laughs> fool. You know, I, I, <laughs> but in it, a lovable way. It goes to show that opposites do attract and they work together as long as they're willing to listen to each other. Right. You right, know? Right. Yeah. So it starts off with Queen Julia of Bardota asking for help. Queenie. Yeah, Queenie. <laughs> and she only requests one individual. And this one individual is Jar Jar. Yeah. <laughs> and the Jedi Council's like, what? <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> Are you sure that's what she requested? The thing is, for a very split millisecond, I actually felt like Palpatine was enjoying the fact that it was Jar Jar. Maybe, you know, yeah. It's sort of like, like, like a split millisecond there when Yoda was questioning, you know, like sort of like in, in, in many words, are you sure this is what she asked for? Sort of like... You could sense that Palpatine was enjoying the. Well, he wasn't. He wasn't there. He wasn't present. No, no, but beforehand. Yes, exactly. So I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) It was. It was quite humorous. These two episodes, and I had only seen them once, so I was. I I couldn't remember where it was going at one point, and then I remembered that it it involved Mother Chalzan, and I thought, oh, that's right. Yes, yes, yes. yeah. Yeah. Uh, There was like I I remembered parts of the end, and I remembered parts of the beginning, but I could not remember anything in the middle. Uh, We find out that Bardota, the planet, uh, has a very complicated relationship with the Jedi. Yes, and that the Jedi were branded uh, kidnappers, and they, you know, had abducted their children. And so the children were eventually brought back and the Jedi are are not welcome there. And I thought that was very interesting because they're like the few who legitimately said, nope. To no. the Jedi. <laughs> you, you are not taking my child, no matter how many, much clear of whatever they have in there. Right, right. Yeah. Metachlorians? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I just found it very interesting that some people were willing just to say no and not be convinced by whatever speeches or rhetoric or anything that the Jedi had to say. Mm-hmm. And I like that they are a species that is very in tune with the Force in a very different way from what the Jedi are in the yeah. in the series and I, I it's it's interesting how you know you have people like mother Talzin who taps into it differently from the jedi and now you have the bardotan people and i feel like there was the lerman the lerman also had that kind of connection we always hear it the force is everywhere yeah the it's force all is around in, us and everything it, yeah. it, it's in everything even if you don't feel it it's in you so, you know, it makes sense that it's not just Jedi or the Sith or the sisters or, you know? Yeah, just those specific people. Which is funny, again, because every time someone in the galaxy sees the Force being manipulated in some way, they automatically think Jedi. Jedi, Because yeah. those are, the like, the famous, the yeah. popular ones, you know? <laughs> Nobody really thinks about, like, these other smaller pockets that deal with the Force in a different way. 
And also the the whole Bardolton Jedi relationship made me think about all the other families who gave up their children yeah. for the Jedi. I just I always think back to Revenge of the Sith when all the well most of the Jedi were wiped out and you know these people who gave up their children they're watching the Holonet or whatever it is that they're watching and they hear of like the Jedi Temple burning and being destroyed or whatever like they must think I had given my children, my children up for whatever they had presented at the time and I don't know where they are yeah. and it also makes me think of Kanan's family like Kanan yeah. must have had a family yeah did he even remember his family you know i doubt it yeah that's exactly so it's that that's one of the things that i do understand the taking the children under your wing and bringing them you know without that familial attachment i love the whole concept of hogwarts Oh, yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. You, you have, and you go to the school and why not? But this is one thing that I don't think that it was well balanced with the Jedi. Because in order to cut out these emotional attachments. attachments, I don't think taking the children like that was the best way of doing it, you know? So this is one of the things that I've always struggled with. Yeah, because I think if I remember correctly, um, Quinlan Voss in Dark Disciple, he refers to the people when he's walking through the halls of the Jedi Temple, he refers to them, at least mentally in his head, as brothers and sisters. So you essentially make a new family, different from the one that you left behind, but you still have a connection, you still make connections, you still make attachments, and I would hope that they had records, like they didn't just take these children and didn't appoint where they were from and who was the family like I, I like to think that in the archives the jedi archives there is a, a list record. a record of where, of the, where, chi- they came where from. the children came from where he was born who the parents were because i still think that's part of your identity that to still makes up who you are it is very yeah. important and we we see that with um children who have been adopted right the, some of them want to look wh- back wh- yeah it, it creates a curiosity I think it's part of our DNA to know some the of them, DNA. Some people, not all people. <laughs> not, not all people, yeah. yes. But but I think that is something that, and, and with everything that is part of being human, we dictate the levels that it functions on on each individual. Like I think it is a human thing to know your DNA. Right. <laughs> you know, and even even. A bigger picture, you know, we want to know where we came from yes. as, a, as a human population and whatnot. So, yeah, it's just very curious. We're just curious beings and we want to know how things started and how things progressed in detail and whatnot. So, yeah, it's very interesting. Yes. And, and I still want to know what Kanan's story is. I know, I, I have a feeling that Kanan had... Some sort of story that was cut out of the final episodes of Star Wars Rebels. One of these days, I'm going to track down Dave somehow. <laughs> and I'm going to be like, Dave, please tell us more about that storyline. Because there there had to be something pertaining to those hieroglyphs on the wall and how that connected to Kanan. Yeah, one day. One, one day, day we'll one find day. out. <laughs> one way or another. <laughs> Um, but but will he let you in the bolt? No, that's the thing. The, the, He's not the, gonna the put tree, me on the, the tree. Tr- trust the trust tree. tree. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even going to get to the bushes around the trust, trust tree. tree. <laughs> <laughs> 
Ah, oh, that trust tree. No. <laughs> uh, maybe I can be the bird that like swoops, swoops in, in <laughs> takes a look, and then goes out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe. <laughs> and so we find out the problem that's happening at Bardota is the fact that these mystics are disappearing. And this is the prophecy that's coming to reality now that yeah. they have. And, and according to the Queenie, <laughs> yeah, Queenie. <laughs> the prophecy is if they steal the essence of the queen, or not according to her, but as we find out later on, if they steal the essence of the queen, darkness will fall across the stars. And these two episodes, I thought they were very informative in terms of what we could potentially see in yes. the Rise of Skywalker. Yes. Because yes. we know that the, the emperor is back in some way or form. We don't know no, exactly, exactly the details. Which yeah. yeah. Um, so we know that Sith can attach themselves to certain things. So that could be a that's a theory that people are talking about. But then I thought about how he and Mother Towson used to teach each other. each other. Yeah, they were friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would like to know what happened there. Yeah, <laughs> that would be an interesting novel in, yes. the, in the future. And yeah, he must have learned some tricks that Mother Chowson was doing in these episodes. Yeah. Specifically, how to take the life force, the, the, the living force out of, of someone. Of others. And that was weird to, to me. me. Yeah, I, I just thought, you know, the force, you, you think it's just something invisible, you know? But in these episodes, it, it's actually something you can extract. Well, I, I don't go and dive, dive deep into all of these and all the books and all the comics and novels and everything. No, that, neither you do know. I. <laughs> but the first time I ever heard, and this is a, a manifestation of the first three movies. Uh-huh. They don't tell you what the force is per se, you know. So, so there's this mystical except thing, for, except for the midichlorians, exactly. Thing. Yeah, but then Qui Gon comes and explains more, right? Of in, it in the Clone Wars, yes, which so, we have yet to see. see That's yes. our next arc. <laughs> so, we know these things are there. So, like particles can be extracted, these force life or whatever it is could be extracted as well. That's true. It is very mystical and scientific at the, at the same, same time, time, you yeah. know? Yeah, yeah. Very interesting. <laughs> yeah, because the way that they do it is very mystical. Cool. But the way that Qui-Gon do, does it in The Phantom Menace by testing the blood, Anakin's blood... It's very scientific. And, yeah. and if you think about it, if you have devised a, a weight, you could extract these particles out. Interesting. And if you can extract them, can you theoretically put them in someone else who didn't have well, as strong of a force connection as they... Uh, I, I would think so, because as Mother Thousand was going to do, she was going to use it to... For herself. For herself. <gasps> so, yeah. True. Oh. So, again, going back to the Rise of Skywalker, okay. it mm -hmm. makes me think that maybe he was employing some of these teachings uh, some or of methods. these methods that mother thousand had thought of yeah and, and then tried to use yeah and then going back to this the, this prophecy you know ray is she is in a way like a new hope 
the mm-hmm. for the Jedi and whatnot. What if her essence is in question here? Yeah, yeah. Because we saw her as quote unquote dark ray yeah. in the trailer. And yes, a lot of people believe that's a vision, but what if what if what she if could she's sort of like be, a queenie? Meaning oh, like th- that, that that portion force essence. Yeah. That portion is the last piece I need. Yeah, that Palpatine needs to be able to complete whatever Plan, ultimate plan he has yes. oh yeah yeah this is so interesting so many <laughs> speculations seriously yeah 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 it was two episodes only very short very fast compared to other arcs that we've seen but it was very interesting because it just raises so many questions, questions yeah. for so many other things you know mm-hmm. just makes you oh but, but but what about this and what about that ah, on in the other side like when i saw that that they show how, you know, how they make uh, Jar Jar disappear. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I, I, I was like, oh, my God. And in my head, I was like, haven't I seen that? It's sort of like magic or something. Yeah, it's very and magical. And it reminds me of the other episodes that we've seen with the sisters. With the, right. You know? And then when they said the, the word mother, I immediately said, oh, snap. Yeah, that's right. You you immediately associated yeah. it with Mother Talzin. Yeah, and I remember you said, uh, it's like the invisibility the cloak. cloak. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I love that that effect that yeah. they had for that invisibility dust or whatever oh, yeah, it yeah. was. It makes you wonder how it even works in yeah, the first place. Yeah, like, oh. <laughs> And I also found it interesting how the life force of an individual, at least for the Bardotans, um, was green. And obviously, when you think of green force things, you know, you associate it with Mother Chowson as well. Yeah. But it makes me wonder whether other force signatures are different different colors. So maybe for, in the in, in the amount of metachlorians that is yeah know? maybe mm-hmm. maybe Palpatine seems to be blue yeah because of the the fire magic that he uses as well as when he was thrown off when Vader threw him off there was like this blue glow and in the trailer you see the lightning I mean he's very well known for his force lightning uh, which also gives off that bluish color yeah and and i always kid around saying that it's it's just that he's a a firebender like azula (laughs) he he, he bends blue fire (laughs) um but yeah it makes me wonder whether four signatures are a different color sort of like how some people claim to see auras yes and and how how those auras the colors and depths of the colors on those auras signify different things right right I actually knew someone who said that they could see people's auras. And I thought, oh, wow. And I think he said that mine looked orangey. And what does that mean? I don't remember. <laughs> but, but I just remember that. And I th- and every time I see orange associated with a favorite character of mine, like Ezra, right. for example, I thought, oh, yay. You know, it's because, because I'm, I'm orange. My aura is orange. <laughs> I always imagine my aura to be gray, black. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Wow. <laughs> and that's why I have that stare. Why can't that, it be purple? No, that's why I have that stare that, that freak you guys when you were little. My evil stare. <laughs> right, right, right. <laughs> yeah, but purple would be cool too. Yeah, totally. It, it goes well with black. 
Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, purple would go nicely for you. Um, and that's basically it. I mean, Mother Talzin, it's funny because we actually had to pause the episodes because we just did not know where in the timeline, the timeline. we were for her specifically. Yeah. And we had to stop and go to Wikipedia and, and I had to read out loud what her what her background was because yeah for a while it it was jumping around and so we didn't know whether this was after the whole grievous thing or before and then yeah so that it make a lot of sense when we realize oh so it's after grievous yes so and before she supposedly dies dies right fully and completely whatever that means you know so that was nice that was awesome Mm -hmm, mm mm-hmm Thank you, Wikipedia. (laughs) And and one of the things that I liked about the two episodes was these two opposites. Maze, very rational, very dictatorial, very like, this is the way. And Jar Jar, Mm -hmm. somebody who just, you know, whatever happens. Yeah. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Whatever happens. And how Jar Jar's respect for Maze didn't make Jar Jar want to be different right you know because this is one thing that that we tend to do um as well is like we we admire somebody and then we tend to try to to mold our life and everything around us around that person that we right. admire and it doesn't always work out mm-hmm. but jar jar with all the respect and fascination that he had towards Maze, still was jar jar mm-hmm. and then Maze. Even though he has this strict way about him, he was also able to see the good that come come out of being who Jar Jar is and how Jar Jar is, you right, know? Right, right. And, and, and he understood it and he, he worked with it and, and learned to work with it. And, and this is why I said in the beginning, like, two opposites that found how to work with each other. Mm-hmm. How to understand each other. To me, they made for one great couple. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know? I Like, I honestly wouldn't have enjoyed the episodes as much if it was somebody but else, else yeah. who had been paired with yeah. Georgia. Especially someone that we've seen him work with before, like Padme or Anakin. Yeah, th- this, this actually worked very well. And it worked well because of both sides' openness. Even though they had their own views... And they had their own way of doing things. They were open to see the other side. Right, right. I love that about the whole thing. And oh my God, what about Jar Jar the sex symbol? Oh Oh my Lord. Oh my God, I can't believe you phrased it that way. (laughs) That's right. That's right. Yes. Come on. The relationship between Jar Jar and the queen. That kiss the queen gave him. Mm Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. And the way that his eyes rolled, like, whoo! I love that he lifted his leg up as he was kissing her. Yeah, that was so funny. That was awesome. Yes. Jar Jar, Jar Jar knows his, how, how to get the ladies. Jar Jar is the man. <laughs> so funny. Um, and then other cool things that I liked, you mentioned the invisibility thing. I also liked the music in the background, yes. especially during the more action parts where you have the bagpipes playing. Yeah. Which is very interesting because you have the queen and her people 
having more of an Indian influence because of their accents and just some of their attire. But then you have in the action sequences, you have these bagpipes playing in the background. I really loved how yeah. those sounds came about. And it worked so well. well yeah. <laughs> I, I, I'm telling you, different things do attract and they do work well with as long as they find the place between each other. Yeah, to work. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And the other thing that caught my attention, and I realized it as we were watching those episodes, the force essence of these people, it being green, and then remember that ball Bold, that yeah exploded Wouldn't. in such a like a violent, reactive way. Wait. It reminded me of how a kyber crystal so explodes, would yeah. explode and how it was green. And it makes sense because... It will be the the level, the yeah. the, the, the massive is like like the so atom. So much energy, you know. The, yeah, so I, I found it fascinating the fact that they connected it to those kind of things that we've seen before. You know, I have to give it to these people, um, the the this creative group of people who came up with all this and and, and put this together because I don't know if I could be that take all those yeah imaginative and take all those little things and put them together and connect them together right you know weave this thread in it ah it blows my mind every single time it blows my mind and it's funny to think that they're working on things right now that we won't see until years later and at that time, we'll be like, oh, my gosh, it's, it connects to this. It's and like, it's yeah, because they've been working at it yeah. to make it as connective as they they would like it to be. So, yeah, I, I just I, I enjoy it so much. <laughs> ah, thank you. Thank, thank you, you, Lucasfilm, for being awesome. Yes. <laughs> but uh, next we'll talk about the Star Wars Resistance trailer. Yes. This brings to a close. Yes. Our- discussion on the disappeared episodes which we very much loved more than i'm sorry to say the clovis episode oh yeah 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 (laughs) much much more so yes that brings a close to our conversation about that and now we are going to talk about the star wars resistance trailer which we were supposed to talk about last time but you hadn't seen the trailer yes and and so i've been forced and (laughs) you know you people are gonna kill me because this stress is not good for me. And, and I have to wait two months now. <laughs> Ma, it's only it's September. You have to wait till October. It's next month. So so it's not the end of October? No, no? October 6th. Oh, okay. It was a big giant So it's letters. just one, mo- one <laughs> month. Okay. I, I was not looking at the dates, Jenna Maria. I was looking <laughs> at the colors and the pictures and the, the characters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> So it was a very intense trailer, it being the yes. the second season, final season of Star Wars Resistance. I know a lot of people were upset about that. I'm upset about yes, that. Yes, yes. And I'm curious to see how it will end. I know Pablo Hidalgo mentioned briefly on some reply that the answer to why it's ending will be shown in the ep- in the episodes as we near the end of it i like how they have things planned and and for us we don't really see it 
a lot of the time. It, yeah. it looks like they're just making, making it things up, up and, as they go. And, and waiting to see if it's good or not in right. order to, to determine whether they've ended or not. Right, but they've been working on this since 2017, 2018, second season. So we're in 2019, and we're now getting that. So it's like they know how to go about moving the story forward and where to end it. I, I'm curious to see how it'll all wrap up. And so what were your initial thoughts of what you saw, Mommy? What was what were some things that stood out to you? Everything. You have Tam. Why are they the questions? Why why are they finding us? Then they show Tam. And in this section I went, Tamara, oh God. <laughs> and, and you know, you they, they they have all these things weaved and put in together that it just starts to make you ask questions like what about them how, how is this relationship gonna be be resolved is she gonna stay with the first order like right, ah, right. it's just one season so it just you know puts a lot. a lot of stress in your head about how is this gonna happen right i didn't have time to write about the trailer in detail like I normally do. So in writing with Culture S, I learned a few things on how to write about something that's already been talked about a lot. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I, instead of going through a breakdown, I decided to just bring up 10 questions that I thought about after watching the trailer. So one of the questions I wrote down was, where will they get their resources now? Because before they were on Castellan. Yeah. So they used to get their scraps from the ocean floor. They used to get their food. Remember those little flying fishes and whatnot? So now they're in space. They're isolated in a way. And so where will they get those resources, especially fuel, because the Colossus hasn't taken flight in almost 20 years. Yeah. So and fuel, as we know from Star Wars Rebels and Solo, it's 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 a very scarce um, resource, resource. Yeah. Because of what it takes to make it right. Specifically coaxium. Yeah. And, and, you know, that little vial that yeah. that he holds, it's, yeah. is, I think, is coaxium and it's red. So I'm like, Niku, put that down. It's yeah. unstable. <laughs> um, but it could be that it's not viable anymore. So they need to find fuel. You know, they don't have money for fuel. So they're going to have to improvise. So it reminds me of Rebels because that yeah. was one of the things they had to do. Like in um, The Call with the Purgle, they had to get fuel for the fleet they were running out of fuel that's why it was so cold in the ghosts so i'm very curious what kind of missions they have to go through in order to get the resources they need because they're essential and i like that we get to see that stuff it's not just tv magic that they suddenly have fuel that they suddenly have water and all these other things you know they have to struggle and they have to show that struggle to show that this is the kind of world and, they and live this in. is what stresses me out because then you have a lot of more questions about the whole crew and the relationships and where they're gonna end up and how are we gonna fit all that in just one season. Right, right. <laughs> and then my next question is, how will Captain Doza deal with what's going on in the Colossus? Because now you have the pirates. Yeah. So that introduces a different kind of relationship, one that's very strained because the pirates were attacking them. Mm-hmm. And the reason Doza brought in the First Order is because of the pirates. So yeah, I'm curious to see how these relationships will play out. Kragan looking like he might cause some internal... Trial. 
struggles in yeah. there. There's always somebody who thinks who can do it better. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Then there's what they call the Aeosians. So it looks, I think these are the green looking non-human characters that we saw where, where Cass is like, I think that's the queen. <laughs> <laughs> and Griff Halloran, he says, oh, oh you're yeah, quick. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, Lucy Lawless is going to be playing the voice of... The Aeosian Queen, and that's uh, Zena, the warrior princess. Yeah, I know. I'm so happy. I can't wait to hear her voice in the show. And and there are other people that they also brought on. But when I saw Lucy Lawless, I thought, oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be my princess. Yes. Yes. Woo. My queen. My <laughs> that, what, that, what is it? The chakra? The chakra. Oh, I'm oh. curious whether they'll insert a Xena-type reference, reference in there. In there. They yeah. have to. They have yeah. to. And Tam, you know, you brought up Tam earlier. There's going to be a situation, I imagine, where Tam goes out with a TIE fighter to attack something, either like the Ace Squadron or the Fireball. How is she going to react in that moment? She knows that the Fireball is being handled by someone like Kaz. So is she going to shoot it down or is she going to hesitate? When she sees it. I understand the, the anger that she has against Cass and But is Yeager. it enough to, like, kill him? <laughs> That's one. Is it enough to destroy them? And what is going to be her reaction when she's confronted with Senara or exactly. one of the other ace pilots? Yeah. You know, they didn't lie to her. They didn't do anything to her right. as she perceives it, that, that something wrong, she was wrong. It was Cass you know? and Yeager. Yeager. Nico. Like, Niku, you know, yes. how, how is she going to handle that? Yeah. And, and I'm sure there's going to come a point where she's given a task and it's going to conflict with what her values are as a good person. And, and, and one of the things that I had said before that I th- thought maybe it would have deterred her from joining the first order was her heart. Mm-hmm. Her her feelings, her emotions, right. the way that she feels about people, you know? Mm-hmm. And that twist when she ended joined up going join them, like, really shocked me because, like, damn, I understood it because mm-hmm. I also see the, the side, the other side of her. But now, how is that going to play? How is the emotions that she pushed aside in order to, to join the order now are going to play into her now that she's there and she actually has to do the things the order tells her to do. Exactly. Is she going to fall through with it? Or is she going to see the first order for what they really are? How is she going to rationalize that at the moment? Yeah, 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 because she did a lot of rationalizing. Rationalizing, yes. And so uh, another question I thought of was, is the man... In the trailer, specifically the the guy who tells who warns Cass about the bounty hunters, is he Hamaro Ziano? Is he Cass's father? And at first, I thought, oh my god, what if this was a transmission that he sent before the destruction of Hosnian Prime? And I thought, oh my god, that would be heartbreaking because it would yeah. give Cass uh, hope that he was still alive, Life, and then right. it's sort of like Ezra, Ezra with his parents, parents yeah. you know, he thought they were. They were dead. Then he knew they were alive. Then he knew that they're dead now. You yeah. know what I'm saying? It's sort yeah. of like that. Ah! A tug and pull. pull. Yeah. yeah. With the heart. 
And so, yeah, is he is he Kaz's father? So that'll be an interesting question to tackle. And uh, who hired the bounty hunters? Because we know bounty hunters are going to be a, a thing here in season two. I wonder if it was the first order because they fir- they hired the pirates. So the you know the the first order is it looks to be very keen in uh, hiring others to do their job. Oh they're, yeah, they're very good at outsourcing. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah, basically. You know, yeah, 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 yeah. So um, yeah, was it the first order? Yeah. And where does uh, Sonara's allegiance lie? Because we know she had gone back to the pirates. And now that she's back on the Colossus and there's no First Order presence, will she become more a part of the crew of the Colossus? Or will she still be... Keep to the pirate side. Especially if Kragen starts stirring any trouble. Yeah. Yeah. Although she's not a very big fan of Kragen. No, I don't think So. so. Yeah. And what's next for Ayla and Kel? Yeah. yeah, we see that they're they happen upon ancient ruins. They could be Force uh, Jedi related, Sith related. It looks like there's some Macquarie like writing in the background behind this energy source. Apparently, I don't know. I, it could be a holocron. It could be some other Force like artifact. Who knows? As a Stargate Atlantis fan, I thought they were uh, ZPMs. A set, yeah, a set PM. A ZPM. If you're, if you're, <laughs> you're Canadian, if you're Canadian, and everyone else in the world, like uh, like McKay in, yeah. <laughs> in Stargate. Um, but yeah, uh, is this some kind of power source they can plug into the Colossus? Who knows? And whether we'll see more of Ayla's Force connection because at this point we're after the last jedi so the first force awakens and the last jedi were a few days apart if i'm not mistaken and so the force is now awakened in ray and in other parts of the galaxy i imagine we saw that little kid yeah. at the end of the last jedi with his little broom mm-hmm. yeah so ayla looks to be someone who's force sensitive so yeah. could she be our connection to the force in some way this season i i'm curious about that and i just want to know what kaz and niku are up to <laughs> yeah what, what are they doing what are they doing <laughs> this is gonna be my abbot and costello yeah <laughs> yeah that's right and like it's funny because i don't think you ever saw the snl skit but adam driver did an SNL skit where he was the undercover boss and he was dressed as some Starkiller base technician and uh, he was technically Kylo Ren in disguise and he's making sure that people are doing their job. He wears this attire which is basically what Kaz and Niku are wearing. Bobby Moynihan was in the skit. He was a stormtrooper. And it was just such a hilarious thing. You know, Matt, the radar technician, was his name. And it became this thing that other people cosplay at Star Wars Celebration. So they made it canon, this this mm-hmm. orange thing that they wear. <laughs> and I thought that was hilarious. So, yeah, I'm curious what they're doing. Are they just stealing resources? Are they trying to look for Tam? Because Niku, is, as far as I know, at the end of season one, he doesn't know that Tam is gone. Because Niku was making sure that the ship was good to go. Oh. So he doesn't, he's not aware of what's happening with the others outside with Tam and Yeager and Kaz. How's he going to react to Tam not being there? Could this be, you know, them trying to rescue her or something? Uh, who knows? But I can see Niku having some sort of reaction yeah. to, to her being gone. 
And finally, will my commander Pyre suffer a terrible fate? <laughs> yeah, he, he, he's been told. He's been told, that's right. Yep. And I'm kind of, I'm scared for him because I really want to see, I am dying to see that armor. I'm not one to like really crave for animated characters to be in live action, but if the opportunity presents itself and it could be possible, sure, why not? You know, Commander Pyre, for me, it's like, I gotta have him in live action. I gotta see that gold armor in live action. So I want to see him in The Rise of Skywalker. But in order for that to happen, he's going to have a... He has to have a win. He has to succeed in something. Otherwise, that's it for him. Yeah. <laughs> so I want him to survive. And I I hope he does. But then that means that the good guys have to have some sort of a loss. Yeah. So... I don't know. <laughs> so many questions. So many so questions. So little time in one season to answer. Yes, yes. So oh. we'll see. We'll see how everything pans out. I'm excited. Actually, earlier this morning, I found out that the uh, first four episodes are called Into the Unknown, A Quick Salvage Run. <laughs> quick. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I really highly doubt it'll be quick. Live Fire and Hunt on Seltzer 3. So, yeah. Interesting. Interesting indeed. <laughs> but that ends our discussion for Star Wars Resistance and what's upcoming. And now I wanted to briefly talk about our Disneyland trip and our trip yes. to Disney D23. So, Ma, how was your first time going to Disneyland? Well, I've been in Disney World right, right before. And uh, I thought it was an am- amazing ride. And whatnot, but now I love Disneyland. Disneyland is so nice, right? Yeah, it, it has. And the funny thing is that in many ways it's the same thing, you know. Like I'm, yeah, what I mean, yeah, like yeah. It, it is Disney, and it's all things Disney, right? But there is a magic in Disneyland that I don't think I remember feeling in Walt Disney World. And as much as I love it, because I've gone, how many times we've gone there? Three? Three or so. Disneyland is like, it has something in the air. I don't know if it's the California air or what it is. Yeah. Yeah, I really love Disneyland. I like how quaint it is. It's at a size that I can manage. Yeah. And it doesn't make me feel like I'm missing too much if I don't go. Because that's the thing about Disney World. Because you have all these different portions of Disney World to visit. So if you don't go to everything, you think I'm missing, I'm missing, I'm missing. And instead of enjoying what you already experienced, you just keep harping at what you didn't get to go and do. Yeah, exactly. And you know, you have California Adventure. So yeah, we we walk that place up and down. Oh, Lord, yes. The, the, I, I have the count, the step count to prove it. <laughs> yes, Ooh. I made her walk a lot. And I even got an, a, a, a something in my legs. Uh, my, my capillaries exploded. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, what the hell is happening? Because it was also very hot. Yes. So it was hot. We walked a lot. Yeah. So. But yeah, Disneyland has a lot of magic and I adore that place. Yes. And how was it exploring Galaxy's Edge? It's like entering a different planet. Yeah, like, right? Oh, my God. Like, I really want to fly. I want to be in the ship. <laughs> Every time, because they have sounds of ships 
flying, flying overhead. I, I, I will just look and I just want to be in that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> my, my mom's like, every time I hear that sound, I feel like there's a ship right above us. Um, so yeah, I really like how immersive it is. And yeah. you got to do the lightsaber Savi's workshop experience. Uh, yes, that, that, was- that is definitely a treat. And I know it was an expensive treat and whatnot, but oh my God. It is something I'm not going to forget for a long, long time. And every time I see that saber and I hear your brother swishing it around because I don't have the art to do that. But my son starts swaying it around. Uh, it just, the sounds alone just bring everything back. And, uh, to it, that experience. Yeah. Yes. It's, it was amazing. I, I I truly enjoy it. And if you can save a little bit for it, for when you ever get a chance to go, do it. Because to me, it was worth it. Right. Yeah. I, and I, I was just a guest, so I didn't build. But just being in the room was yes. awesome. Yeah. yeah. They make it so you're part of the whole thing. This is the thing about it. Because you go to other places on Disneyland. And on California Adventures, right? And you enjoy what is there. But you know it's just a ride or a, f- or a feature or something. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You go into Galaxy's Edge and you feel like you're somewhere else. And everything is tailored and made so that you feel you're somewhere else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And the experiences of these things like in Savvy's Workshop, they're made to make you feel like you are away from planet earth you're somewhere else you're in a little cave or something or whatever it is and you're with these builders and you're you're building right right. yeah and you'll get to do the same experience with building a droid so you you built your own little roly and the thing is i'm not good with with vr experiences Mm -hmm. because i have this thing with my vision and my brain i get extremely dizzy and vr experiences are not my thing and making people feel certain things are easier in a VR setting. Right, in a simulation. Mm-hmm. I like that these two experiences were not simulated experiences, but they made you feel like you were th- they are doing them. Right, right. And, and that's what I liked about them, mm-hmm, you mm-hmm. know? And if you let yourself go, because another thing is you have to be willing. Yeah. You know, you have to Suspension be willing to play. Yeah. Exactly. It's like becoming a kid again. And this is why these things are so amazing with children, because children don't have these preset boundaries. boundaries that we adults put ourselves in, you know? Right. If you break down those boundaries and you let yourself go in that those 10, 15 minutes, oh my God. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you built your own little rolly droid. Yes. We called it White F- and Purple. Yes, White and Purple. It's uh, called FB14. We actually mentioned it on the show here one time. Yes. Um, so it's FB for February, 14 being the day of the month that mommy was born in. So yeah. My little Rolly. My little Rolly droid. And uh, the food was great, I thought. Yeah. Uh, the Ronto wraps Ooh, with yes. the uh, Melu Run juice. Oh, my God. I miss that. I think about it from time <sighs> to time. I'm like, dang. That was an awesome treat, yeah. man. 
And I saw a couple of recipes out there. And yeah, they're good recipes for you to do at home. Great, do them. But they're nothing like mm, it. No. (laughs) You need that uh, andouille sausage and you need that pork. Yeah, 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 yeah. The ronto, mommy. Yeah, you ronto, not pork. Ronto. Ronto. Yes, ronto. <laughs> and, and, and and the funny thing is, like, you buy it and you have this picture in in the place where you have a droid drawing the heat. Yeah. The, the the cooking the meat. Cooking the meat, and it's like you know how much radiation. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's right. It's awesome. Yeah, it was it's cool. awesome. It was cool. It's cool. And then D23 itself, moving on to the expo that we experienced during the weekend, that was a lot of fun. Both of our first times going to that. It was kind of inconvenient at first because we had to pick up mommy's badges, even though we had requested that they were sent to us. And so they arrived, technically, the badges arrived the Wednesday after. After we have gotten back. Yeah, exactly. So it's just like, well, that didn't work out. Uh, So we had to do the will call window. And so we picked up our badges there. The con itself, uh, there had a lot of cool little exhibit areas. We got to see the heroes and villains costumes. Wow. Yeah. That was cool. That was cool seeing in person. The Avatar, World of Avatar. That was beautiful yeah and if the land that they're creating is gonna be oh, like the, that they created it's, it's cre- already open it's Pandora. already oh, yeah, Jesus. yeah it's if been it's, open actually if it's anything close to to that little exhibition there oh my yeah God. a lot of people like it funny is because then a, a lot of people also make fun of the movies but they love pandora so <laughs> <laughs> what else did we do the one thing that really upset me and disappointed me was the fact that the mandalorian pop was sold out by the time i got into the, the store. store and and i should have i shouldn't have left it for the day after the mandalorian disney plus showcase because i knew people were gonna be like oh i need to get on this but you know <laughs> you know Two, also, one thing that I did find a bit disappointing was that it was set to be sold in just one place. When actually they were selling it on two different Different places, which if it had been in the same place, you would have gotten one because it would still be available. You know what I'm saying? But they were also selling it on the dream store. No, the dream store was where it was supposed to be. And then it was also being sold at the Disney store. That I I found wrong. It it wasn't communicated well, well because I saw it was at the dream store. And that... It's my only, even with the long lines and whatever. Right. I liked how they actually, for the Disney Plus showcase, I like how they had us sit, fill up the rows. Yes. Because in a lot of places, including New York Comic Con and Star Wars Celebration, they just let you go in and you pick whatever seat you want, which is good because you get to pick whatever seat you find that you want to be close to the stage. But at the same time, it it opens up a lot of one-seaters and then it delays things things. And people who actually wanted to see the panel might end up missing the panel because they think that it's full. Yeah, and in that way, it's it's very organized. Yeah. You know, so... Barring me having to stand up for so much for such long periods of time, the only the only issue I had with the whole thing was the miscommunication of information. Yes. The way information was meant to be communicated did not well. Yeah, work well. Yeah. And that was that started off with security early in the morning and that also carried on into the show floor because I saw information about a certain pin and I and I said, Ma, you'd like this pin, go get it. 
And when she went there, it was just for D23 gold members. And it's like, well, that wasn't communicated before. So, you know, you, you waste people's time when it's not in plain writing or in yeah. plain sight. So that to me was the only pet peeve I had right. was that. Right. Everything else, I really, truly enjoyed it. It was... The Disney Plus showcase was so cool. Because, cool. yes. I mean, we're Star Wars fans, but we're also big Disney fans. fans. We grew, I, grew, I, I grew up watching Yeah, you Disney. guys grew up with that because that's what I put in front of you yeah. from the time I could sit you down. That was it. I know. Like, I never watched Nickelodeon shows, so I don't know any of those. But when you talk about Disney shows shows and Disney movies. I know it because that's what I grew up watching. So for the Disney Plus showcase, they talked about High School Musical, which is one of my favorite things to watch when I was so when I was just like a freshman in college and I was the only person who <laughs> <laughs> yeah. really liked it in college and and then and then there was the lizzie mcguire thing and the, you know they just started revealing all these new things coming to the streaming service and of course mandalorian was left for last yeah. which was i think a good thing because a lot of people were there for the mandalorian so sorry but you have to sit through everything else yeah. <laughs> and and yeah mandalorian was great it was so much fun seeing that trailer with yeah. everyone else in the room it was a, a, an extremely good experience. It's a good thing that it's what, every two years? I, I don't know, actually. I don't know how they're planning to do it moving forward. But I don't think I'm going to do it again, to be honest. No, not unless there is something very highly big thing that motivates me. Right, right. You know, it's a good thing. I, I would say right now, it's a very good experience once for one yeah yeah for the one experience, experience I, I can yeah. check it off, off my, my list, list. <laughs> um san diego comic-con is definitely something that i enjoy all the time so that if i can get to it i i, I will do it but d23 i figure yeah i did it the one time i'm sad but uh just briefly about the mandalorian trailer we didn't go to the rise of skywalker thing no. the next day because it was it was too early security was going to be a mess i just didn't want to do it <laughs> and i also wanted the mandalorian pop which unfortunately didn't work out but and seeing the trailer for the rise of skywalker and then seeing having seen the trailer for the mandalorian i have to say the mandalorian got me more excited it, yeah <laughs> and, the, and then the rise of skywalker trailer especially because the conversation around this rise of skywalker trailer especially on twitter just put me off in a bad mood yeah whereas the mandalorian trailer and the conversation around that was like more refreshing i'm like yes i can't wait for this yeah, it, it, it's it's two different beasts the mandalorian is a whole new thing in terms of uh, of the medium it's yeah. tv not oh, yeah. a movie exactly and Two, in terms of the story yeah. line, yeah, it's yeah. different. So that really uh, had a, a more positive conversation going around. Exactly. And in, as well as the fact that it's very inclusive and very varied, very, you know, it's not just the, the usual faces we always see. Right, right. The Rise of Skywalker, of course, is the ending of an entire saga. This is the ninth movie right. in a series. So that has more built-in, more animosity in, in between different camps of, of, uh, yeah. of, of thoughts. I think this, I think that, you yeah. know what I'm saying? Of course, it's going to attract the more charged, negative, toxic kind of attention right which to me honestly is just a freaking waste of time people <laughs> just enjoy it for what it is yeah exactly it's a movie yeah just 
forget about everything else. Just enjoy it. Yeah, yeah I agree. And so I- I'm so excited for the movie. But yes. in terms of comparing both trailers, yeah, they're completely different, different. subjects. Yes. But the Mandalorian trailer is definitely the one that got me the most excited yeah. for what's to come. Especially just in Star Wars in general, yeah. I thought. Man, I can't wait. I can't wait. Yeah. It's so cool. Oh, oh, oh. And Cassian. Cassian. Oh, Cassian. oh yes. And yes. then the other, the other Disney Plus <laughs> thing that we were excited about was the, the Cassian. Cassian <laughs> series. And I love that they had Alan Tudyk and Diego Luna up there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> And of course, uh, Ewan McGregor coming out and talking about uh, that he's gonna play Obi Wan. So I I don't know about that just yet. So I'm I'm just happy that he's back in Star Wars. I just I'm more of a fan of newer things like The Mandalorian and Cassian than I am of like revisiting characters that we've we've had plenty of stories of. <laughs> yeah, but well, but uh, I want to know not as it relates to the Skywalkers, but Obi-Wan himself, yeah. you know? Yeah, I'm curious. If it, if it goes that route, just Obi-Wan and his thing and his experiences, I think it has a lot of potential. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm curious, especially if they bring reference to things that we've seen in the Clone Wars and maybe depending on how, where they tell the story and how, maybe in Rebels as well, so. Because I personally, I, I love Solo. Yeah, Solo was great. <laughs> I, I love Solo. Yeah. I love that story. And it wasn't Skywalker related. Right. It was just his story. Right. So so I would think that if that is the way they're going with Obi-Wan, I'm really interested in seeing what it comes out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So when we get closer, I'm sure uh, more people will get excited about yeah. it. More than they already are now. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Ian McGregor. Yeah, it's Ian McGregor. <laughs> Alrighty then, so that's it for today's episode. Next week, we'll be talking about the final arc of season six, and that's the Yoda arc. So a lot of force things happen Ooh. in this arc, and it's going to be awesome. And I can't wait to share that with you and discuss it when we watch yes, it. So. And people... Be good to each other yes, out there. Please. Please. <laughs> so in the meantime, visit thewookiegunner.com for news, reviews, and opinion pieces pertaining to the Star Wars animated shows and follow TWG on Twitter by searching for the handle at TWG site. Listeners can also find me on Twitter with the handle at Hoovian214. And listeners can also find Geeky Bubble on Twitter by searching for at Geeky Bubble Pod and me with the handle at Blue Jake Eyes. Last but certainly not least, if you haven't done so already please follow our podcast network on twitter by searching for at we are escape pods and tune into unmistakably star wars and the sky talkers podcast for more star wars news and discussion and may the force be with you always <laughs>